Welcome to the Good Enough Podcast, a podcast that takes you into a new realm by inviting you to reduce your daily hustle and celebrate yourself right here. Tune in as we dive deep into vulnerable topics and interview guests who deliver transformative moments to you, our community of individuals healing on a collective journey. We'll open up to the art of embodied self-care, and even on the days that you feel like a self-sabotaging rebel, we're here to remind you that in this realm, we are all good enough. The views expressed on this episode, as with all episodes of the Good Enough podcast, are solely host and guest opinions. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Good Enough podcast. It's Mackenzie here. I'm here with my girl, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, how's it going? Hey, hey, everybody. We are here with another incredible conversation for you. We had the privilege of interviewing Anna Alexis Alexander, who is a visionary entrepreneur, lover of humanity, global explorer, spreader of light, and a holistic life coach. She integrates her knowledge of traditional mental health therapy with a variety of other holistic methods, such as energy medicine, food is medicine, mindfulness, and emotion code. Yes, the emotion code is definitely one of her specialties, but is certainly not everything that she has. The conversation really revolved around how to release your emotions, owning your worth and your womanhood, and really like even how she's living and a living example of how to embrace life to the fullest and really amazing. And even after our conversation, you and I both got private sessions with the emotion code and we were just in that for so long. I mean, it was so amazing. It was what she was able to tune into and share with us and the, what I know I was able to pull from that work was so cool and just being able to release those emotions in that way. It's an incredible thing that she's doing for women in general and the collective. Yeah, Anna Alexis is incredibly intuitive. And so I think that's one of the reasons that her and I connect so deeply. And I really feel that this whole conversation was divinely guided. Like each of us, I think just being in a conversation with someone like Anna Alexis, who is this incredible presence, helped you and I to both connect to that place within ourselves. And it just felt like this whole conversation was so divinely guided and And yeah, like a lot of it just came through intuitively, which I think happens in her sessions as well. So in these emotion code sessions, she also was able to tell us how many lives we've lived and what our highest vibe frequency is and these amazing things about ourselves so that we can just continue the healing on our own, which is, I think, ultimately, really the goal of a lot of healers is to teach other people that they can do this. They can kind of pluck out these traumas or negative emotions and really see the cascade effect. I know in my experience, it felt like the emotion still existed, but it just didn't hold that same kind of charge. So 
really, really powerful work that Anne Alexis is doing. I cannot wait for each of you to hear more from her. Yeah, it's really powerful. She has so much energy for women and we just are yeah, excited to share that energy with you all. Enjoy. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? Hey, Jessica. I'm doing well. Hello, Anne Alexis. Welcome on to the show. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be here. Great to be here with you. So Anne Alexis and I have had the opportunity to connect here in Athens, Georgia. We connected actually through a Reiki training class. And I feel like even the way that that came together was divinely guided because Anne Alexis's mom had gifted her this Reiki training that I was teaching. And as I think a lot of you already know, my mom and I have quite a close and spiritual relationship. So I feel like immediately we just like had that bigger connection with our mothers and kind of that that had brought us together. One of the things that I feel like I really admire about you is the way that you, I'll say, live your yoga off of the mat. And so the way that you have chosen to really pave your own way and to maybe rebel in some ways, go against the grain in some of the ways that you've um, really chosen to live. And I want to just hear from you really how you have been able to embrace this confidence as you navigate your life in this way. Oh, coming in hot. Okay. Well, (laughs) I think that definitely having a a foundation that starts in the home that's solid, that's compassionate, that's unconditionally loving is really, really key to how and why I was even able to do the things that allowed me to really, truly embrace who I was as a person without feeling shame or without feeling like I had to conform. (laughs) I would say outside of family, the greatest thing that has imbued me with the confidence that allows me to be a visionary and blaze trails and do things on my own terms is the extraordinary amount of opportunities I've had to travel to other places in the world. I have very much the heart of an adventurer and an explorer, and I've been all around the world, and the majority of that I've done on my own. And I think that when you put yourself into situations of discomfort or situations outside your comfort zone, Each one is an opportunity not only to get to know who you are better, but also your capacity. And it's how you build confidence. There's kind of, in modern days, you see sort of like this montage of people's lives. You see all the good things at the end and the struggles and the hardship of how people built those things are often left out. And so for me, Being in places where I didn't speak the language, didn't know anyone, 
didn't have necessarily a plan outside of how I was being guided spiritually and internally really gave me the kind of confidence that I need to succeed at anything that I do, the kind of trust that I need in my intuition to know where I'm going, who I am, despite what's in my environment. I love that. I like that you mentioned the the family dynamic and and having that foundation. It can be so important and pivotal to how we end up showing up with confidence for ourselves in this world, especially when we're set out. I know with travel too, McKinsey and I both are very adventurous in that sense. We really get a it's a gift that we get. We receive a lot from traveling and. It is. It's that ability to really experience your intuition in new ways out of your regular reality, your day-to-days, where maybe there's a lot of outside influences that are hindering your connection to that intuition. And it sounds like to me, you are really wanting to embrace that feeling as much as possible in your everyday You're taking that kind of wisdom from what you learned growing up, what you've learned through traveling and that connecting to yourself and being able to have it be a part of your day and reducing the need for the outside influences or what society or other opinions may be. The more you can trust in yourself and who you are, the less neurotic you become, right? the less you yearn and desire external validation, the more you're able to sit and center in self and your own power. And that's a huge part of what really impacts our lives that often goes unnoticed is how much power and authority we give away in our own lives. And then we wonder, why do I feel lost? Why do I feel confused? Why do I feel anxious, stressed, like I don't belong, like I'm not fitting in? Well, because You're doing things constantly that are against your own natural existence. You have a spirit, you have a soul. If you don't listen to it, then you're going to feel like you're just floating, waiting to be like you're just inert, waiting to be propelled into something else by someone or something else, rather than having that internal motivation and that internal strength and that internal compass that's designed to guide you to your purpose, to what makes you feel most fulfilled in life. That's what I mean when I say purpose. Mm. Yeah, I know that traveling for me has been such a way to connect with my intuition. And I think in addition to bust through some of those primal fears of when I kind of shake up the foundation and I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm not in my home where I have my creature comforts, right? It forces me in some ways to move into that space where I feel more connected to my internal guidance system to look at the signs and not understand the language at all and still know that my direction is to go this way and to trust. It's like, sometimes I feel like, yeah, shaking it up from the the comfort. And I think traveling has really forced me to get out of my comfort zone where sometimes there is that little bit of push of fear of the unknown. And I know that's something that you have really helped me to see kind of full circle is 
and release through the emotional coding that we did, the session that we did was really releasing and better understanding my own fear. And I feel like from this very, very deep rooted instinctual level, I recognized thanks to you that I think so many people, especially women, carry this fear that if I do pave my own way, if I do grow my own garden or decide to live off the grid or whatever it is to not conform, Mm -hmm. that there's that fear that something's going to happen or someone's coming for me or I'm going to get in trouble. And so that's something that you have really helped me with. And I would love for you to just share a little bit about that with our, our listeners and how specifically emotional coding can really help with that. Well, it's so funny that you say that because after I built my shipping container home, I would literally wake up in the night, like in a panic, feeling mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. Like they are going to come <laughs> my door down. They are going to know that I have left the matrix and they're going to come. <laughs> there is, there is a lot of anxiety that comes along with, with transitioning into a space of true self-acceptance and personal intuitive guidance. And emotion code has been huge, as well as many other holistic modalities have been huge for me in creating a space of real recognition and understanding for not only who I am, but who the people are around me. And that can be noted as compassion. That can be noted as empathy. When we travel, we go into other cultures. And one of the things that enhances that intuition is not having words, not having language, learning that obviously our greatest communication is nonverbal, but learning how to really read that. And so emotion code, so we all have all of us, even our pets, even in prenatal form, we get trapped emotions. Trapped emotions are simply energetic imprint of experiences that are happening to us that we cannot digest. It's no different than being lactose intolerant and trying to drink a glass of milk. Like your body's just going to be rejecting it all the time. And when you get sick off of that milk, you then create a framework of either avoidance or craving. It depends. And When we begin to live our lives based on reactionary imprints, we do ourselves a disservice because we're unable to be present in the moment. And when we're present in the moment, do you know what that means, guys? It means we're not spiraling. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Not having spiraling thoughts. And right about now, this is like the main thing that's getting people into trouble. Maybe it was always what was getting us into trouble. But definitely now, that's what you hear people speak so much to is not being able to control your own thoughts, which is the one thing that you should be able to do. The one thing you can do in your life is control you. So through emotion code, which is just removing, having a communication with the subconscious of someone and removing emotions that have been trapped through events that can't be digested, you're able to create that new channel of flow, energy, Thought processes are reduced that hinder how we move forward and how we accept things that are coming to us in life. So it's 
with Mackenzie, especially, we did a sister circle. It was so wonderful. And then I just had, I was called to do emotion code for her and she was open to it. And just the things that have happened since she's been able to have that emotion code have been so exciting just to watch unfold because what you see is Mackenzie becoming more of Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. And especially as women, like who we are is stamped out, stamped out, blotted out. Like, don't want to hear it. You are an object of desire, so shush. <laughs> Sit there, look pretty, unless you're a damsel in distress, and then I'll help you, and then you'll be indebted to me. And then we go around and around and around with feelings of helplessness and a lack of worth and all this kind of stuff. We are so conditioned. We're so inundated in a fabric, a system that doesn't serve us and prevents us from really seeing and recognizing who we are and the capacity we have for greatness and power to Mm. change ourselves, to infuse other people and transmute that change. So emotion code is just a really simple process where you don't even have to talk about your problems. You don't have to dive deep. You can if you want to share, but you don't have to. You just pick them out right out of the subconscious. You're left with the memory of the event But what you're not left with is how that, like how the waves, the ripple effect of that event has created negativity in your life. Right. Wow. Oh, that's so many things kind of came up for me around that. And even at the kind of the beginning of it, where you're thinking about this collective trauma almost that we have as women, even in an ancestral way you think about fear of people coming for you. Like I'm thinking about like witches and how we needed to be a conformed thing. Otherwise we were dealt with, you know? And then you, you think of more modern times where there's so much body shaming and expectations around who you are in your relationship as a woman. And even now with our own body autonomy and that's been a struggle that we've had for a long time. And we, even though we carry our own personal traumas, I do um, inner family systems work with my therapist. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Which I, I just absolutely love. And it's incredible what you can get in touch with. And it's, and really just even through feeling it in your body. But I think we collect a lot of these things that we don't even understand. And we need to, through like this holistic, work, we're able to connect to those spots better and, and find events that maybe happen that created this trauma, even some inner child work and past life work and, and just all of these things that give us a better understanding of these things that have attached themselves to our energy and how it's turning into emotions. Picture gaining the skills to unlock your full potential and learn how to hold space for others to do the same. Hey, it's me, Mackenzie, and I'm thrilled to invite you to an experience that will be a catalyst for major growth in your life. Clear Inner Focus Life Coach Certification Class. Beginning Thursday, April 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, this 16-week virtual course is designed to empower you with the tools to coach yourself and others. But here's the deal. Spaces are limited, and I want you to be a part of this incredible journey. 
If you're curious about this opportunity, I encourage you to listen to episode 18, Positive Change, Embracing Clear Inner Focus with owner Patty Jackson, who created the curriculum. For more information, visit risingsoulholistic.com and feel free to reach out to me personally to secure your spot today. Let's create a ripple of positive change together. You focus so much on in your work how the impact of trauma on ancestors now creates shifts in whole family units. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's so layered. And in this budding narcissistic environment, we love to think that everything is about us. And literally, like most of it's not. Like it is in the sense that you are here to do a job, <laughs> like you are here to do work. But that work, it's about you, but it's about healing also everyone around you. And when I pull out an ancestral emotion from someone's emotion code, it heals them, their children, whatever parents it came from. And it changes the whole resonance and frequency of the entire family unit, which is the foundation of who we become in this life. It's We have parents and they impress upon us and then they send us outside and then we have culture that impresses upon us. When we can do something like vary the cultural impacts by doing something like traveling and we can go deep and do the work and communicate with our bodies and with our family members to purge things that have toxified our systems for generations, then we're really, really talking about changing everything about how we interact in society. The family unit is the base of all things. So when we can shift that, we shift ourselves. When we can shift ourselves, we shift all of our friends. When we shift our friends, they shift all of their friends. And it has this really beautiful exponential impact. That's how love works. (laughs) It's literally the root. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I love how you put it as it was almost like I was becoming more myself because that's how it felt. It felt like just even the next couple of days. And I mean, really over the past few weeks, like it's not, it's almost like the emotion was not as charged. So maybe the thing still happened to in the past, it really would have set me off, but I was able to almost like observe it from more of that witness perspective and see, oh, this is that thing that really would have sent me and I'm here now. And just that like next level of awareness. And I think also it really beyond that helped me to remember some of these things that I seriously had just forgotten, like that I used to dance, right? That was like one of the big things that came from our time together and our time together in Reiki was this awareness that like, even in the the dancing, it was almost like I was doing that to perform. And so coming back to the root of that, because as a child, that's what I did. But dancing brings me joy. And I remember saying, Oh, yeah, so like, I got to find a dance class now. And you said, I don't think you need a class. I think you need to just shake your ass in front of the mirror. And you already know what your body needs and how to feel into it. And So yeah, it almost felt like a remembering, like I had just forgotten some of these things that brought me great joy. And so the more that I've been able to implement that, I have become more myself. That's huge. It's huge. And, and, you know, how, how simple was it? It took like 10 minutes and then it was just like a cascade 
uh, even the Reiki session, I think our Reiki's were 10 minutes because we were so like in just those moments, the domino effect that that was able to have on your life and all, all we're ever really doing is trying to get back to our highest frequency. And that is when we were born, right? When we come into this world, we are nothing but these giant beams of light. We are these beautiful cherub orbs and we're here and we're here to to complete unfinished business and to share that light that's in us. And we go through life and people just uh, uh, pick at it, take it away, conform it, put you in a box. And we talk about women and the challenges that we face, but do you know what makes us so, so blessed is the fact that we show up and do stuff like this. We're at least in a place where we recognize the value and the importance of doing this work. It would be a whole nother situation if we couldn't even understand why it was important to harness intuition, to get back to that inner child, to go back to our fundamental and organic origin space and pull energy from there into this adult world. It's such a blessing to be able to have not only the gifts, but to be able to share them. It's when you share your story of healing with me, it then changes my life. Then I started dancing. I checked myself, right? Because we all act as mirrors. And then I was thinking, well, how am I moving my body also? Like I see, I saw that stagnation in her and how, where for me was moving my body performative for others? And where was it just for me? And have I been doing that? Why haven't I been doing that? What is it? Don't have to know what it all means. Just have to get started, right? Just have to accept it for what it is, not judge it, allow it to be what it is and flow. Like that's where we find that sense of peace that we're looking for when we stop being aversive and we stop craving and we just allow things to be what they are without our judgments casting. Because there's no way to know. You don't have a crystal ball. You don't know how anything is going to turn out. I love it when people are like, that's bad, that's good. How do you know until the end of time whether or not something was bad or good? Talk to me about COVID, right? And we see a whole entire global shift because of it that brings people to a greater awareness of their own personal power to be well, right? It brings us to a capacity where we can see the flaws within the system and then be like, hey, these need change. And it might be something that is negative, but it doesn't necessarily make it something that is wrong. Without negativity in our life, we cannot know positivity. So it's the hardships that we go through, the challenges that we face, these processes in which we're using to detoxify them and everything are just all part and parcel to what it is to heal. It is what healing is. It is what it is to be alive and living your life actively. Yeah. And Sometimes for me, I know it's like, it was so hard to start realizing how to experience dark times differently and see them as opportunities to learn more about my resilience and my strength and, or how I can just be compassionate and gentle with myself during those times and not have to put so much worry on it that this is forever or this is a punishment or whatever, or I'm a victim of this circumstance. 
And being able to navigate challenges now is so much different because of I took time and learned each time how to navigate them better, how to take positive lights from those experiences. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how much you you are able to really become like proud of yourself and have this confidence, even though maybe just last year, it you felt like it was the end of the world for you and you just never saw yourself climbing out of it. And mm-hmm. I think being able to look back and find those those times where you were able to get through helps the next time you're kind of you're feeling darker and because we we absolutely need those things to balance us out and without putting the judgment or putting the care of what others may think on it i love that point you bring up about accountability and the role that we play in also creating the life experiences that we have and if you ask me, that's one of the darkest places. <laughs> one of the darkest places is where you realize how much of a major player you've been in the bullshit that you're in. Mm. <laughs> like it mm-hmm. is a where you're like, really? And you really need to have that grace that you mentioned, that compassion for yourself to be like, this is part of my learning journey. I didn't come here perfect. I'm not leaving here perfect. And I'm playing a role in everything that's going on. It's not about victim blaming because you're adult. (laughs) You know, we're adults and we're playing a role in things that are happening. We're putting ourselves in places where we can maybe get in trouble. We're putting ourselves in places where we know we're around people who don't serve a greater good. We do it all the time. But then we want to act in a form where we throw away that power and become victims rather than saying, hey, I chose to be with this person who did not treat me well. Why did I do that? Does it even matter? Can I figure out how not to do that is the important piece. Like, And I love how you brought it back to how you brought it back to that place of accountability and and self-recognition. Absolutely. And Alexis, there's something you've brought up a couple times around craving and aversion. And I want to just like touch back because that's something I learned through my yoga practice that really all suffering is at the root is craving or aversion. And I learned this lesson in yin yoga classic when I was first getting into yin yoga. If you haven't tried yin, try it out because this is like Probably like the most potent practice of that I've had of like experiencing this craving of a or aversion because you're in this, let's just set the scene, you're in this like deep hip opener, right? <laughs> and the teacher's telling you to breathe and just relax and see if you can just even maybe move a little bit deeper, right? And I'm in my brain like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm gonna be injured when I get out of this. <laughs> like, is this even safe? And so I'm like, I'm craving to be anywhere but where I am, right? I'm like, I'm just, I'm reaching for something else. I'm like, I'm going everywhere but this present moment in this hip opener. And then in the same sense, that aversion of going, oh God, I hate this right now. Get me out, right? It's like that same. And so that's where suffering really comes from. Yeah. This yogic practice helped me to experience that 
so that now I can better understand in my daily life, where am I going? Oh, I hate this. I don't want to be here. And where am I going? Oh, I would so much rather have, and I'm craving or aversive to what is present because ultimately that does keep us not where we need to be. (laughs) Spiraling. Spiraling, yeah. But not the present, not in the present. If you're in the present, then you're like, I will take a deep breath. And when I take a deep breath, I will be able to open up more. But we're holding our breath Mm -hmm. and we're spiraling in our thoughts. And it's taking us out of that present moment. And yeah, it's it's traditional Buddhist ideology, right? Buddhist, not a religion. (laughs) Religions, if everybody can be a god in it, it's not a a religion. Right. So like, that's what Buddhism is. It's simply a Buddha is simply an enlightened being. And the teachings of Buddha is that anyone can be enlightened. And so one of the crooks of that, which you find in Vipassana, the practice of noble silence is, and it's like, it's this constant aversion and craving, learn to stop being aversive and learn to stop craving cycle just in this moment. Because the only thing that is constant is change. So if you're always trying to control the sea of change, you're always going to feel super whack because it's not a thing. It's like trying to catch the ripples in water. Good luck with that. (laughs) Like, why are you? That's lurking hard, not smart. Right. You reminded me of my next healing modality I can't wait to try out, which is the Vipassana retreat. There's actually a center here in Georgia, which is amazing. And you go in for a couple of days to start. And then from there, basically you can build on up to 10 days and you're in silent retreat for the entire time, which sounds extremely challenging. So I know that I need it. The fear of it (laughs) is exactly what drew me to it. It's the same thing that draws me to everything. Oh, is that going to be extremely uncomfortable? I'm in. It's like 20 (laughs) years in 10 days. And it's one of the most fascinating experiences you're ever, ever going to have. When you come back, you will not be the same Mackenzie. You will be a completely different person because it's not a build up to you. You go and you commit to 10 days. You cannot leave. I mean, if you if you lose your mind, you can leave. And I've seen people do it. I've seen people crack, like leave, leave in the dust. Like don't even take their bags or anything. They're just in the meditation. I can't fucking deal with it. And then they leave. Like it's not easy, but it's the most worth it thing I could suggest anyone do. The, I can't remember his name at the moment, like the fourth smartest man in the world. Uh, works for Google, of course, helped invent AI. He goes on Vipassana for 30 days every year. He says he couldn't live without it. He was like, AI wouldn't exist if I hadn't gone to Vipassana. (laughs) Wow. Because you're giving yourself an opportunity to unlock parts of you that you just can't in this high stimulated environment. And I think that's really incredible. Like for me, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to unlock deeper parts and, and yeah, the uncomfortableness, I can only imagine people running away from that because what a fear to be alone with your thoughts for so long. And especially if you've never 
experience that in a real way, that would be a huge challenge for 10 days. I couldn't even imagine. I would, me personally, I would have always wanted to try the silent retreats and that would be really incredible to experience that. I can't wait to hear your experience with it, Mackenzie. (laughs) We'll have to do an episode on it. For sure, you definitely. (laughs) Within the first five minutes, they take your phone. So that's going to leave half the people running for the door. Oh, wow, yeah. have no phone, no television, no pins, no paper, no books. You can't exercise vigorously. You're allowed to walk around the lake. (laughs) If they see you running, they stop you and say, you may not run, you may walk. You can do gentle stretching, but you can't do any kind of deep yoga, anything like that. That's quite an immersion. Yeah. You you meditate. You go to bathroom, you go to bed. You eat, you (laughs) you go to bathroom, you go to bed. That's it all day long. Wow. I think the no journaling thing would really kill me. Like I would definitely be trying to smuggle in a pen and a piece of paper. (laughs) People have done it. I, a person close to me that I went to Vipassana with recently, (laughs) oh my God, she had like, you know, when you take a napkin completely apart, like the two ply of a toilet paper, she had, she had somehow smuggled in a pin, no doubt betwixt her, her motherly breast and (laughs) brought the pin and had like all this, like, it was like, I couldn't help it. And I was like, I get it. Like, I completely, I completely get it. Like the first time I went, my cheat was yoga. I had to, I had so much pent up energy. I literally thought I was going to blow up. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And so like, I have to get it out, especially I'm like, I'm ADHD through and through. Like if I'm not moving, (laughs) then there's a storage issue. There's like backup energy. So yeah. Yeah. It's, Nothing. You have nothing. Nothing that's stimulating at all outside of your darkest thoughts. (laughs) We must take a brief pause to let you in on a very special gift. We are partnering with Goddess Retreats to bring you an exclusive offer because, well, you deserve it. Yes. Retreating is so powerful. I love gaining perspective as I take time away from the rhythm of my daily life to be present and intentional around my healing. I find that I always come home with a renewed commitment to my self-care. Yes, my time in Ubud, Bali with Goddess Retreats was powerfully transformative, and it has provided me with a lifetime of goodness. I was able to reconnect to my own wisdom and self-love through guided temple walks, sound bathing, and so much more as well as a forever sisterhood. The awe-inspiring sanctuary and the incredible hosts give you permission to receive the spiritual giving nature of Bali and its people. Goddess Retreats is not just about recognizing our strengths as women, but also about healing, self-discovery, and growth. That's why we wanted to collaborate with them in hopes of seeing you have your own transformative experience. Visit goddessretreats.com to plan your trip. Mention you are a good enough goddess during booking and get $100 off the retreat package that aligns best with you. You will also be able to find this link in the show notes as well as at thegoodenoughpodcast.com. Who knows? Maybe we'll see you there. What was something that you, because this is just so interesting, what was something for you that you really 
realized about yourself in that that time, you know, especially when you your mind is kind of going, obviously the being there, you have to find a way to exercise yourself kind of out of that and get back to a better flow. But how how did you feel around that? So I had distinct takeaways each time. I, I've sat twice. My takeaway in the first sitting was that I was the root. I was playing a consistent role, obviously, in what was happening in my life. I was not a victim. Second Vipassana takeaway was because after that one, I stopped in so many ways creating problems for myself, right? So then in the second Vipassana, I learned that the problems I had, none of them were mine. They were all other people's in my life. And that I had to learn how to draw boundaries between, especially being in the helping and healing and service field of working with people as a life coach and motion code and now Reiki and and all of that, being in that realm and also having complex, like a mammy complex, being acculturated in the South with this beautiful complexion, like, and what that means and what culture teaches you about yourself. Like so much of that in so many ways as being seen as the mule of the country, we take on as Black women the burdens of everyone around us. And that's what I was doing. I didn't have any personal burdens. I had the burdens of everyone around me. So like my first time leaving, it was extremely difficult to reintegrate. Like I had to take another week off where I was just like not really engaging with people. It was very difficult to come back from that really profound experience, not be able to share it with anybody. And like have to kind of go back into the matrix. It's like if you had a plant medicine experience and then you've got like go to family dinner. Like, <laughs> Jesus. So <laughs> like that was really hard. But the second time around, I felt so much more integrated into who I was. And that's coming from a person who feels like they are fully integrated in who they are. Like it just goes to show you how much you think you know, and you don't know, like, you know, Mackenzie, I come with the confidence. I'm there with the power. Like, I'm like, let's do it. I'm strong. But it's like, there's still so much more power and so much more strength, so much more compassion, grace, healing capacity that's in there. And so the second time I came out, I came out feeling super charged up like that, like ready to embrace and face the world in a way that was like, highly transmutational and gracious and open. So who who knows what? Three's a charm, right? <laughs> Maybe I'll yeah. come out with one. <laughs> but it's not, yeah, it's not easy. But give me 10 days over 10 years. Give me 10 days of intense emotional stress over 10 years of intense emotional stress. I'm in for the 10 days, hands down. Like there's not really a question. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting how sometimes even those, those kind of immersions are so incredibly powerful because we are a lot more people, I think, are becoming more comfortable with therapy. And you have talk therapy, which I absolutely love. It's helped me through so much. However, some of my biggest transformative moments have been in these holistic, short, you know, spurts of healing, whether it's an IFS session or 
I just did a neurofeedback session, which was just like brain rewarding. And literally I didn't have to do anything but sit there and watch the great baking show, British baking show. And it's just interesting, like how when some of these things are really just part of your, your body's energy that has lost its, its flow and it's, it's creating tension and blockage and just getting back to releasing that even, or in this sense, like being able to be kind of forced to be in touch with your body and your energy and your intuition in a whole different way. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it just helps that movement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So one of the things that we like to ask at the end of our episodes with guests is around like healing modalities, but we're kind of already talking about that with the Vipassana and something that I would love to just like share with our listeners and hear a little bit more about is around your off the grid shipping home container. My favorite part about this is the layout. So can you please just like paint the picture for everyone of what your house is like? Because it sounds like my dream. (laughs) Well, I have some acreage out here in Winterville that include a lot of waterworks. And I think that's a very important piece. If you're wanting to heal, if you're wanting to have something that's off grid, it's great to have water around you. The goal is to have as much power over like your utilities as you can. So the container home is 632 square feet. It's compartmentalized equally on both sides. So like there's two containers on the outside and then they're bridged in the middle by an area that I call the inside outside, which is inspired by three walled living spaces that you find in places like Central America when you're living your best life. retreats and these hotels and they will have these three walled spaces and it's extremely critical that we be in touch with nature in order to empower our physical selves as well as to detox our emotional selves so my inside outside is kind of like the living room space kitchen space and it's three walls one Two walls are the containers, of course. One wall is all windows, and then the other wall is all screens. And in the winter, I have inserts that I put in there to keep the heat from escaping, of course. Um, It works perfectly well. And in the spring, I get to pop them out. And it's such an amazing way to connect with nature to boost your immune system by not constantly walking into and out of extreme temperatures, right? It's a temperature regulation space is what the inside outside is. And it's a nature space. So it's like you're here and you've got your own food that you're growing. You've got your water and you have your safe space that doesn't take hours to clean. (laughs) All that kind of stuff means that You can spend more time doing the things of value that you really care about. You can spend more time centered around yourself and doing your internal work. 
And it also gives you a safe space to share with other people who are thinking the same way. It was quite a feat to create. There are multiple reasons why it's unfamiliar to people who live here. And traditional mindset tends to say, stick with what you know. So there was an element of fear related to a lot of contractors in doing this. There were different legalities because the home is defined as a certain amount of square feet and all of that. There were just, was difficult to find people who are willing to work for women. It's, you know, like all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff. But in the end, what I was able to do was not only create it, but also have a group of individuals as project facilitators, project managers, and developers that can then go on to help other people create the same dream that I yes. had. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is so cool. And you were able to attract the people who are perfect for the job and who will want to share that with others. Absolutely. It's such a gift to, I mean, it never even crossed my mind that I would have a space like this and not share it because I understand the profundity of what it brings to the table for people who see something that they only maybe see online to see it in their own reality. We're not in California. We're right here, right now in rural Georgia, right? (laughs) And so it shows you that it's possible. You don't have to buy some $400,000 space for less than half of the median average cost of a home. I got all of the acreage and the home. I got ownership. Yeah. Right. And that means when you have ownership, it changes how you deal with the economy. It changes how you feel about yourself. It changes what you're willing to do and what you're even willing to give yourself because you don't have to be under the thumb of the system when you have ownership. And that was really important for me, especially being away for 20 years, living abroad and being accustomed to living a certain type of way. There was no way I could come back here and live like how the average American lives. It literally makes me sick. It makes me sick. My head, it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm not surprised that people living that way are sick because it makes me sick when I live that way. And I know the difference. For so many people, they don't know the difference. It's all they know. But having something like this shows people difference is possible. Thinking outside the box is okay. Once you feed yourself, you really stop caring so much about what other people think because you're not looking to them to feed you. You Emotionally, that side, we're always looking outward for like, give it, give, 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 give. Like, tell me. It's the same thing. We're just looking at each other like products even, right? Like even the way that people engage with each other now. If like, you're surprised that you get ghosted, like you're an Amazon box. (laughs) I picked you offline and I'll put you right back on there. Like, I don't, if you allow yourself to be pulled away from yourself, into these spaces that you know don't fit. How do you know they don't fit? Because you feel like shit. That's how you know. 
Mm-hmm. That's how you know. You always feel off. That's not a normal feeling. That's not how you should feel. And when you feed yourself, when you feed your soul, when you start doing things, even if they're complicated, when you start doing them for yourself, it changes everything. You just stop caring. You stop, you stop needing that external validation because you got it. You're set. You're, you're set. You knew you could achieve it. You achieved it. And now it's hard to tell you. It's hard to tell you otherwise. <laughs> That's where you want people to be. You want people to be in a place of confidence where they say, there's a goal that I have and I can achieve it. How hard is that these days? It's so hard just to get people to say those words, to even set a goal that's their own. I hear goals like, I want to be like that person. I want to look like her. I want to look like him. I want this many followers. It's going to leave you feeling empty because it's always external and we can't fill ourselves up with other people's energy and expect it to last because as soon as those people are gone, so is that energy. So we've got to pull energy from our elements, right? Our earth, our water, our air, the sun. We've got to pull it from the environment. And that's why it's so important that we don't ruin it, right? This whole place is designed to support the environment, which includes me and my community, right? That's the whole idea. When I have an abundance of food, I feed people with it. (laughs) It's that simple. I don't question it. I don't wonder about it. I feed people with it. And that's what we're here for. We're here to support each other. If I could recommend to anyone, and I think I talked to McKinsey about it recently, I definitely think this is the way to go. And like, think about it in a way of like real collaboration. Like I did this on my own, but nobody has to. This idea that we're supposed to go turn 18, know everything, be these adults go out into the world. It doesn't make any sense. It's not realistic. Like you're obviously older than 18. So reflect upon your 18 year old self. (laughs) Like, come on. Are you kidding? You know, like that. I'm, I didn't know anything. I don't, you know, like I know so much now and barely know anything. Cause the truth is the more, you know, the more there is to know. Right. So join up with friends. If you want to change, if you want to to step away from these things that don't serve you, don't feel like you have to do it alone. It's a lot easier to go to the bank and get a $10,000 or a $20,000 loan than it is to get $100,000 loan. But you can buy whole pieces of property that are like 20 acres for 100 grand still in Georgia. So find five friends and you all have acreage that's so far you don't see each other even. There are so many possibilities if you're willing to think outside the box. There are so many possibilities and opportunities to improve your life and shape it the way that you want to. You just have to stop being a robot. Like real talk, stop being a robot. Stop doing what everybody tells you. You are not something to be programmed. You are the programmers. We are the programmers. We are not here to be programmed. Thank you so much for paving that way for being this fierce leader. I mean, for real, I'm like so grateful that I met you because I used to think I wanted this beautiful front porch. And I'm like, hell no, I want my whole house to be a front porch. I just want to be screened in. My little screened in porch envision that I had. I was like, how can I expand that more? (laughs) 
Right. I love screened in porches. I could thank you. And like, congratulations too. I, for me, like, it's so, it's so nice to be around other women and hear other women who, who are finding their way. And that's why sharing and collaborating and gathering is so important and how we can share this wisdom. And because there is something that so many of us can take away from the way that you're living your life and, and hearing how you're doing it confidently and in your own way allows others, it gives them permission to start asking themselves, you know, how can I live more authentically my way? And how can that look how I want it to? I love that giving permission. So many, we don't even realize that we need it, but in so many ways we do. You have permission to leave your relationship that does not serve you. You have permission to not live in a neighborhood with a picket fence and a dog, a dog and a half and a baby. Like you have permission to live your life on your own terms. And thank you for being evidence of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, like we need more of these women that are just stepping in and more people like you who can be a resource, who is totally open, who I totally trust to come to and ask these questions because I know nothing about contracting work and all of these things that I can just genuinely lean on the support of a sister and say, hey, you have done this. And I'm I'm interested. I'm inspired. I can feel your excitement and your passion. And that just lights my fire even more. First things we talked about when you shared what you wanted to do, I was like, well, like I build stuff all the time. I'm gardening all the time. Like anything that you want to learn, you can come over. We can do it together. I'm happy to come over to your place and show you how to do the things that I've learned. We have to support each other. We absolutely have to. If we don't support each other, where is the support going to come from? The patriarchy? Like. <laughs> Well, thank you so, so much. I cannot wait to be in person with you again and give you a big hug and just come see the house in person. I actually haven't even gotten to experience it yet. So we'll have to set up a little date soon. You too, Jessica. Yes, it was such a pleasure too. I would love to do emotion code sessions on both of you when we're done with this, if you're open to they take like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I would, I would love to share that with both of you and just give you, well, Mackenzie, you've already had a taste, but definitely give you a taste, Jessica, of the transformative power that it can bring into your life. It's been such a gift yeah. to even have a conversation with you guys. It's transformative to me. So it's the least I can do is to, to share a little bit of that healing with you. Oh, that'd be amazing. Perfect. Well, I feel complete. Do you guys feel complete here in the interview? Oh my gosh. So much so. Well, thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed and thank you so much and Alexis for being here and have a great day, everybody. We know this time is precious to you. And because we are insanely joyful that you are spending it with us, we always want to deliver authentic vulnerability and dive deep into what we are feeling as a collective. Our intention is to bring you stories and guests that provide you the opportunity to discover aha moments. So you leave our conversations feeling lighter and knowing what you do today will be good enough. 
We love to connect. Follow us on social media by following our handles linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow the Good Enough podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode.